Do you know the two fastest growing churches in the world today are from the most oppressive anti-Christian governments from around the globe? Or the Jubilee year of 1917, where land must be restored to its rightful owner, was the same year the British Empire released the title deed of Israel to the Jewish people? Or perhaps the appearance of four successive blood moons falling on Jewish feasts in 1967 and 68 was the same year Jerusalem was once again in Jewish hands after the victory of the Six-Day War. Join us now as we uncover our recent headlines, peering through the lens of prophetic scriptures as God's Word intercepts man's calendar. I am Mark Russick, and you are listening to The Russick Outlook. As always, just my opinion. Do you know the two fastest-growing churches in the world today are from the most oppressive anti-Christian governments from around the globe? Or the Jubilee year of 1917, where land must be restored to its rightful owner, was the same year the British Empire released the title deed of Israel to the Jewish people? Or perhaps the appearance of four successive blood moons falling on Jewish feasts in 1967 and 68 was the same year Jerusalem was once again in Jewish hands after the victory of the Six-Day War. Join us now as we uncover our recent headlines, peering through the lens of prophetic scriptures as God's Word intercepts man's calendar. I am Mark Russick, and you are listening to Hello, greetings everyone. Hi, how are you? My name is Mark Russick. You're listening to the Russick Outlook. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, I believe you'll find much of this information, if not all of it, quite riveting. We're looking at what, what, I'm, what I've called Yahweh's calendar, which is God the Father, and, and from creation right up and through uh, modern day 2021, where we are today. I'm near the end of June as I'm recording this broadcast, and I, and I will bring you up to the headlines right up and through the end of June, because they do pertain to uh, what, what's going on as far as what the Bible has to say, and, as well as some of the signs that Jesus laid out to his uh, apostles and disciples when they said, what will be the sign, signs of, of your coming? So we're going to look into that, as well as the geopolitical landscape. We're going to touch on some of the cultural, financial issues that, that do line up with what is to come according to the book of Revelation and other things that we see uh, and, and just in general, you know, kind of a, a temperature check, if you will. So uh, if you can, if you like subjects like this, or you appreciate this, please hit the like and subscribe button, uh, as well as ring the bell. Ring that bell on YouTube. And if you can, share the information. There's usually a share button wherever, whatever platform you're watching it on. Um, if, if you wouldn't mind getting it out, if, of course, if you think this information is relevant and you like it, or you think others might uh, benefit from it, 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 you know, it really helps us get information out, which is, you know, as I've said many times before, that's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to get to the truth and exchange truth so that people can be informed and, and make decisions on what they need to do for themselves as well as for their families. So, you know, again, we're going to be looking at these past 100 years. We're going to kind of wind up this uh, section of looking at the calendar uh, where I'm calling this prophecy intercepts man's calendar. Man, uh, more often than not, has their own agenda. It doesn't always line up with God, but God's got this way of, of massaging and, and uh, kind of uh, twe- tweaking, uh, you know, if you will, and counter move, uh, presenting counter moves to, to Satan's strategies to defeat 
uh, mankind as well as uh, defeat the, you know, the plan of God, which, you know, we know can never happen, uh, which is also a great thing and a great place to be at. So if you're following me on video, you see just a kind of a montage of images here that I'm pointing out, just some, you know, some major events of the past 100 years. Uh, you know, starting with uh, the hand, what is perceived as being the hand of God in charge of, of, of the timeline. Uh, but, you know, at the top, looking at the World Economic Forum, the, the recent bombings that we saw with uh, in the Gaza Strip with Hamas. Uh, you see Israeli flags and planes. That's from the 1967 Six-Day War. American riots that we saw in 2020. Uh, the election chaos. And I'm going to talk a, a, a little bit about that because... You know, I'm coming uh, from America where there was just just chaos. Uh, you know, this, that that is the appropriate word, but we're seeing that uh, elsewhere. We're seeing it in Israel and we're seeing it also in other countries. Uh, some of the things that really do jump out at me, you know, the headlines of of, of COVID, the, uh, uh, the 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 nuclear um, talks that are going on right now. Uh, between a lot of Western European nations and, and the United States and some, uh, I, I believe there's some Canadian involvement there, uh, trying to get to a, uh, back to the 2015 accord. So, you know, there you see some nuclear uh, plants that are, that are in Iran. But probably one of the most compelling stories that I believe, uh, especially these past couple of years, you're looking at two churches, underground churches in the lower right-hand corner, uh, what I call the underground church, and you see some uh, redaction having going on in, in the faces of some of these people for their protection. Uh, the top image above the uh, nuclear facilities is an Iranian underground church, and to the left of that is a Chinese church. And I chose those two because, believe it or not, those are two of the largest growing uh, churches uh, or, or areas of the world where Christianity is spreading at an alarming, not alarming, and, and a good alarm, I should say, uh, and, and and I think it's worth noting that in the middle of the chaos of what we're seeing with communist China and their involvement with COVID-19 and or, or, you know, however you want to put that, whether they're withholding information uh, and then you see what's going on with Iran and, and, and they're leading uh, basically the, the number one provider or a leader of, of terrorism around the world. And they've got these proxies throughout the Middle East. So we're going to talk all about that, but I do want to highlight the the uh, the underground church and and that Jesus Christ is alive and well and on the throne and, and despite some of the things that you see around us, he is in charge. Uh, lower left, Balfour Decor uh, Accord, which we're going to talk about shortly, and then the World Economic Forum, uh, you know, which is a lot of the 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 crowd from Davos and the economy and what they're trying to do and kind of tweak what's going on with COVID. So we're going to look at all of that and how that may uh, line up with the eventual second coming of Jesus. So this is the same timeline that I've been referencing uh, in the past broadcast. And to the left, uh, top from, from the top left to over to the right, it's, it's being displayed kind of a linear. And we left off in 1867. I talked a lot about Mark Twain and Charles Warren. And believe it or not, you know, their, what I think, are, you know, their involvement in Jerusalem at this time were, was mentioned specifically in the Bible. And you can go back to that and, and listen to that if you want. It's, it's pretty detailed. But that, I believe, is really, you know, that timeline in there is really what I believe kind of kicks the gears in motion, if you will, uh, you know, to where things are, are speeding up. And I think everybody senses that, 
time is, is moving pretty quickly. So we're talking about if you look at 1517 to 1867, that's when the Ottoman Empire, uh, that was the last uh, title deed exchange, and, and the Ottoman Empire uh, was in charge of the land of Palestine, uh, which is what it was called, Israel was called at that time, and we've talked about Jubilees being 50 years, and there were seven uh, times seven, which, which is where 1867 would, would bring you, so from 1517 to 1867, and that's when I believe that the things really started to to move. That's when Twain was there and the stranger writing about the the curses of the land, as well as Charles Warren, who surveyed the land as written in Zechariah. So that's where we're at. And I just wanted to so touch on that for a second to emphasize the significance of what we're going to see in 1917 with the Balfour Declaration, giving is basically handing the the, the title deed to Israel. Uh, and just before that, beginning in 1914, you have the start of World War I, uh, which, because of the victory there, uh, enabled the Brits to um, basically uh, give this land over to the, the Hebrew people, the Hebrew nation. Uh, so let me just jump to this real quick, and then we'll come back to this timeline. Um, so here you see the Ottoman Empire, and on the left, there's a black and white photograph of the Ottoman Empire leaving Jerusalem. Uh, and uh, the Brits taking their control, and then that was eventually handed over to uh, the Jewish people. Uh, 1517 is when uh, Salim I defeated the armies of uh, Mameluk, and that's when the Ottoman Empire took over, and then we, we saw that 1867 is when uh, the, the land was being measured, and it, it, that was the beginning of, of the... Uh, of the strategy of the Lord, and, and, and I'll say it specifically, you know, that that is where things kicked in motion, and the timing is, is obviously very specific. So in December of 1916, the government of the British prime minister had collapsed, and I should say that they were not in favor at that time of handing the land to the Zionists, to, to the Jewish people, uh, but it was succeeded by David Lloyd George, who appointed Arthur Balfour as his foreign secretary. And because of that and his uh, belief that the, this land is belonged to the Jewish people, um, he wrote up the Balfour Accords, which eventually got the approval of President Woodrow Wilson, which was, again, America had a big impact in, in uh, the, the, uh, the freedom for uh, the Jewish people in Israel. So the Jubilee of 1917 became the year of the, the Gizera, the decree. It, it, you decree, you declare that that land uh, must be returned to its rightful owner, and sure enough, it became to its rightful owner. So again, there you have the eighth. So you had the seven sevens, which led up from 1517 to 1867. Then the eighth was actually uh, that, that Jubilee uh, of Jubilees, and, and that that's when the decree was handed over. So in the Jubilee, the land must be returned to those whom it belongs to with legal authority. The land of Israel was returned by proclamation to the Jewish people, those to whom it belonged, coming with the authority of the world's preeminent empire, which was the British Empire at the time. Uh, it was the 50th year from the Jubilee seeds, that which had been planted in the first uh, Jubilee came to fruition in the second. So 1867, the release of the land begins. 1917, the, the release of the land becomes fulfilled. So it's very, very specific. So you see God's hand is in that as that title deed was transferred. Just a side note, 
Jerusalem was liberated on December 9th, 1917. This was the beginning of Hanukkah. So on the evening of the day Jerusalem was, was liberated, Jewish people all over the world lit Jewish lights. That night sealed Jew, Jerusalem's liberation and the ending of its occupation happened, just happened to be at the start of this ancient holiday that celebrates Jerusalem's liberation. Love how God works. So, you know, there you have it. I wanted to just kind of set the stage that 1917 was very, very crucial and important in man's history and the world's history. So picking up, you can now go into 1939 to 45, World War II. You know, this may or may not have been highlighted in Scripture where Jesus talks about nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Those world wars could have been the, 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 uh, the birth pains, as, as he called it. Uh, I did want to mention, obviously, the Holocaust and the tragedy of that, but I, an emphasis that, you know, you had approximately 6 million Jews, and I would say that now we know there's over 11 million uh, throughout Europe, if you want to include, and I do, you, you should include, you know, what happened in, in, in Poland and uh, uh, Russia, you know, that you had 11 million Jews uh, executed because of uh, vile uh, satanic hatred of the Jewish people, of the anti-Semitism that unfortunately is, is rising again around the world today. So consider 1945, you had all these Jewish people executed, but yet God kept calling his people back to the land. And in 1948, in a day, the, the nation was declared, uh, which is just what Isaiah said, how can a nation be declared in a day? And sure enough, it did. Um, so I wanted to then look at the four blood moons because that happened again between 49 and 50. I mentioned this last time, blood moons, uh, they, they occurred. Uh, um, the last one, if you look at 1492 to 1493, now 49 to 50. I point out that that was the same year Columbus discovered America as well as when the Jews were expelled from Spain. And then it didn't happen again until 49 and 50. But each time it happens, it falls on the Jewish holidays. It falls, in this case, on Passover and Sekut. Uh, and and uh, so what happened in 49 and 50? Well, that's when the Israeli government was established. Uh, the, the nation came to be in 1948 on May 14th, but the government takes a while to get uh, built up and established. So between those two years, the government was built, and sure enough, you have four blood moons there. Coincidence? You decide. Jumping over to the Six-Day War in 67 and 68, that is where uh, the, the hand of God was on the Jewish people, liberated them from attacks from the enemy, from their surrounding neighbors of uh, Syria and, and Lebanon and Jordan and, and Egypt. Um, but sure enough, in six miraculous days, although they were vastly outnumbered, uh, they, they won that war and a great deal of land, the Golan Heights, and most importantly, East Jerusalem. So now the entire city became liberated, as well as they uh, uh, captured back the Sinai Peninsula in um, what would be to their south in, in northern Egypt. And sure enough, you had four blood moons again happening in that 67, 68 um, uh, window. So, you know, again, is this coincidence? So, you know, we're seeing these ties specifically to events that are happening in uh, or impacting Jerusalem, impacting Israel, and they're falling specifically on these Jewish holidays. Jump to 73, Yom Kippur War. 
Same thing, enemies surround them. They try to uh, trick them or surprise them while they're celebrating Yom Kippur in their homes, in their synagogues. Uh, but again, God just miraculously delivers them. Uh, to the point where you jump to 70, 1979, you have two major events in my eyes. Uh, the the Egyptian-Israeli peace treaty where Anwar Sadat, who played a big role in the strategies of the wars in 73 and 67, um, you know, he, he eventually made peace with Israel. And so he and Menachem Begin uh, formed the peace accord in 1979. He shortly thereafter was assassinated because uh, many in the Muslim Brotherhood and, and other uh, Muslims felt he had betrayed the Muslim religion. At the same time, over in Iran, you had the Iranian Revolution. And I believe, you know, that's one of the major events of the 20th century. I think if history looks back at, you know, the things that happened, obviously the two world wars were just enormous uh, impact. But I believe the Iranian Revolution had an impact and has an impact today around the world because not only what they're doing in uh, the Middle East, but obviously that impacts what is going on around the world today. Uh, Jump to 2014 and 2015, another four blood moons. And this was at the same time the Jewish people were finally allowed access to the Temple Mount. Coincidence? You decide. Um, And then, you know, you have more access to the Temple Mount today, which obviously you know, is a is the sticking point that the Muslim people will uh, um, rely on as, as far as their battle for Jerusalem. Next, you go to 2017, and this is another jubilee. If you look from 67 to 68, uh, so um, I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not sure if I mentioned this or not, and I apologize if I didn't. The blue lines on the top, so 1917, the jubilee, you go 50 years, that's 67. That's the Six-Day War. So from the handover uh, of the title deed of the land of Israel, another jubilee uh, passes by and the city of Jerusalem is liberated. So now you have a completion of Israel and Jerusalem being as one. And sure enough, that happened exactly in 50 years. Fast forward another 50 years to 2017, and I, I believe this is tied to it as well. It's when America uh, um, came into agreement, what I believe, with the King of Heaven by saying Jerusalem is, in fact, the capital of Israel. Uh, and they recognized it as a nation, moved their consulate from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And now you have roughly five or six more nations, smaller nations, but, you know, it, it's, it's coming. And... Uh, um, I, I believe that that is tied to the Jubilee, another you know, from '67 on to 2017. Another thing happened in 2017. I'm going to touch on briefly, uh, and and maybe a little bit more in, near, near the end. But if you can look this up, I don't have time to really dig in deep on this. But there's a Revelation 12. There says there will be a sign in the heavens, and I'll read that that ver- that scripture shortly. But I just wanted to point out that. On September 23rd, 2017, this sign specifically happened in the heavens, exactly as described in Revelation 12. Uh, that was two days after the Feast of Trumpets. So, you know, is that a sign or not? I, I believe it is. Uh, many people, uh, Christians, you know, who don't, who, who disagree because uh, some people at the time knew it was coming and they, you know, claimed that this was going to be the return of God and the second coming. And because it didn't, I think some people felt like they maybe had egg on their face. I don't know. But 
Um, I believe this is a sign. You know, it, the sun, the moon, and the stars are given for seasons and for signs, according to to Genesis. So uh, I, I don't believe that was a coincidence, and that everything the way it lined up um, had not happened in almost seven thousand years. And, and sure enough, it happened on that date. Um, I'm going to be doing a, a deeper uh, presentation on that uh, shortly down the road, but I did want to uh, point out that that happened in 2017, and I believe it was important. Uh, 2020, a crazy, crazy year, and 2021, obviously, as well. So COVID is, is undoubtedly the story of 2020 uh, and the Great Reset, but not only uh, you know what we suffered through uh, uh, medically and, and you know the loss of life was just horrendous, but it was a biological attack, and i don 't think we we can get around that whether you want to uh, uh, disagree or you 're not sure you know and and that 's fair whether this was released uh, prematurely or not, but regardless, it was a man made virus for uh, a biological warfare i don 't think there 's any question about that. Uh, we know that it came from Wuhan, China. I don't think there's any, there isn't any question about that. It's just the silliness of uh, um, uh, political correctness that, you know, people want to dance around that subject. Um, but that's what happened. And you can make a case, I would say, that it might have not been intentionally gotten out at that time. But nonetheless, it was used strategically as a weapon to advance other agendas by uh, uh, the 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 machine that's pushing for a one world government, and so that really came into play in 2020. Uh, you have the economic impacts. Uh, you know, uh, you, you you've got the Davos crowd. You've you've got the World Economic Forum. You've got uh, Bill Gates and his um, uh, agenda with with getting the vaccines, but also using it for tracking. Uh, you can say that that lines up with, you know, what Revelation states that you will not be able to buy, trade or sell unless you have the mark of the beast. This is not the mark of the beast. But, you know, it could be a little bit of a trial run or it could be, you know, kind of greasing the skids, if you will, where they're going to find out <clears throat> information on, on how that can help them. Uh, but it, it, it so much of the infrastructure of uh, is already in place from what they've done there. And, and they're obviously using it. Uh, with a hidden agenda in mind uh, to kind of move things along to population control, to economic control, uh, um, one world government. I mean, all of this is, is I, I would hope, is very obvious to the listener. Um, you know, it, it, it is to many people. And specifically, you know, I will say if people who are familiar with the book of Revelation, they can see the symmetry that, that goes on there. Um, Jumping to 2021, where I'm saying yeah, election chaos, and, and I talked about it. Again, I'm from America, so the chaos that we saw in this country uh, with the uh, 45th to the 46th president was, was an absolute travesty and absurd and, and dangerous what's going on because it just goes to show the impact of foreign governments and what, how they are infiltrated into America and uh and and there's just you know there's 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 no way around it. But so let me say, 45 to 46 was uh, very premature. Then you had the uh, um, uh, election chaos of, of 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 what's gone on in Israel, and I'll talk about that shortly. But while I'm I'm I'm, I'm on America, I just wanted to say one thing here. Uh, it there are some uh, early results coming out from the polls, from Pew's research, and some others 
that it looks like in 2020, the numbers are going to be over 90% of evangelicals voted for the 45th president. Um, I don't know the numbers on the Catholics. I know there was 63% approximately in 2016. Uh, and so that inevitably will go up uh, because there was 84 to 80, around 84 to 85% um, in, uh, for evangelicals in uh, 2016. And given all of the uh, obvious um, uh, policies that were pro, uh, I, I, I would say fall in line with, you know, the support of life, the, the fight against abortion, principally the alignment with, with Israel and, you know, so many other things that built up the economy. You had the best economy ever uh, before COVID. So you had a lot of nastiness go on. But my point here is they've nullified the church. The church, if you look at in America, has is is larger than any of the two principal parties. Uh, so if they had can learn to coalesce together and work together, unfortunately, you know they get fractured because the powers that be realize how can we separate and break up the church because it's to their advantage. Um, but you know, I just wanted to point out that the the they they went after and they they nullified a lot of the church's vote as well. So. Let me switch to some other uh, electoral chaos. What's going on in Israel? What happened there recently? Uh, many are, I'm sure, aware, but they had their fourth election. They could not settle in on a government. The way their government is laid out, you have 120 uh, seats in the Knesset. You need to have a majority to form a government. For the past two years, uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu was not ever really able to form a government on this last election. Uh, um, he, I, I think 30, I'm going to say somewhere around 35 seats or so, if that, uh, not nearly enough. And he was not able to bring together other parties to help unify his, his government. So long story short, it, it wound up this, this um, allegiance of many different parties. I think up to seven different parties have now formed a government. Um, and what's very odd about this time is... You just came out of a tremendous war with Hamas on the Gaza Strip, went on for a couple of weeks, and within a week or two of this major war, um, Israel now has a new president, they have a new prime minister, uh, a new government, and a new head of the Mossad. So all of this has happened within weeks uh, coming out of a major war. So that's that in of itself is, is, is a little leery. And then the way they've kind of patchworked this government together with different factors from the right, from the left. Uh, for the first time, you have uh, uh, Muslim seats in, in the majority on the government, uh, some from the, uh, I believe, I think it's four seats from the Muslim Brotherhood. Um, so it's it's a fractured government, and the way they did it was you now have uh, Naftali Bennett, who was, was only able to obtain seven seats in, in the election, but he is now the prime minister of Israel. Uh, he formed some kind of deal uh, um, uh, with Yair Lapid, who is, is kind of positioning himself as a centrist. Uh, so they struck a deal, you to be prime minister for two years, then he'll be prime minister for two years. So... It's a very patchwork, very sketchy, very leery thing. And the reason I'm, I'm kind of pointing electoral chaos is because not only what you see in Israel there, but because of America's electoral chaos and the policies have completely flipped from 45 to 46, you don't have that allegiance uh, with Israel. You have 
some goings on behind the scenes. You, you, you're funneling money to uh, Palestinians, which we know is, 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 is not going into the rightful hands. So in other words, it's not going back to infrastructure to build up the cities and, and the hospitals and, and the educational systems, which if the money was going there, that would be great. Uh, but we know from history from the past 50, 60 years that that's not the case. Um, and, and, and I'm not going to break all of that down. But needless to say, uh, uh, 46th president is doing what the 44th president wanted. And some will say they're working behind the scenes together, uh, which their, you know, their, their push in 44 was trying to get the Israeli uh, borders back to the 67 lines, which, you know, it's kind of signing their death warrant. And so today you have the 46th president. Um, he, he's advocating a two-state solution, which we know will never work. Um, but on that note, I, I also wanted to talk about the Abraham Accords. So this was initiated by the 45th president and uh, Netanyahu, as well as uh, peace accords that were signed with Bahrain and the UAE. Uh, since then, Morocco has come on board. The reason I wanted to bring this up is some people feel like that was the beginning of their demise. Uh, I don't know. I didn't see any land for peace deal exchange, and I, and I think that's what some Christians are, are saying. They may know more than I do, um, but I, I, I don't know that. Um, but they feel like that could have been the, the reason that the 45th president uh, is no longer, as well as the prime minister of Israel is no longer. So, you know, you you can take that for what it's worth. I don't see where that is. I, I may be wrong. Um, uh, you know, there is peace there, which is always a good thing if it's doesn't come with, you know, anything down the road. From what I can see, it's an exchange of intelligence, which is absolutely a good thing, uh, as, as well as trade, um, uh, tourism. You're able to exchange to different religious sites. It's obviously very important. Uh, for the Muslims to get to the Temple Mount. Uh, and not to say that there's not some things behind the scenes that are not good. You know, in, in uh, I believe it's the UAE, might be Bahrain, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I know that I've read some things over the past couple of days where they're building this uh, World Council of Churches, where they're putting a Christian church, a synagogue, and a, a, a Muslim temple all within, you know, the same grounds. And you know, so that is just kind of pushing more towards a one world religion. But I just wanted to point that out. So what's around the corner? Well, let me just point out that the Battle of Magog, uh, Gog of Magog, Ezekiel 38 and 39. We've talked a lot about this. And, the, you know, the, if you're watching this on video, I'm showing you the map and they're giving you the Old Testament uh, names of these nations, which are predominantly the, 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 the big ones here would be Russia, Turkey, and what's called Persia. Obviously, that's Iran. Uh, but what's interesting is all three of these nations now have military in Syria, which is on the northern border of Israel. Uh, does that mean it's around the corner? No, but it doesn't mean that it's not. Uh, anything can, can kick off a war. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why they would want to go in, and according to Ezekiel, it to uh, plunder their booty, and you know, which basically means a lot of the resources that Israel has is of strategic importance, namely uh, gas, but certainly uh, you know all of the vast riches in the Dead Sea and the chemicals and how that advances in medical science and and just a whole host of things, and you know the richness of of Israel, you know this little land the size of it, New Jersey is is just blossoming in the desert, and all the surrounding areas are not, and that's the hand of God. 
where this this nation came to be in 1948. And I just just recently, within the last month, it was ranked number 18 in the world economically. This tiny, tiny little country that's not even 100 years old is now the 18th most powerful economic engine. You look at their uh, technology, uh, you know, as far as uh, the city of Tel Aviv and, you know, so many of the big tech giants have headquarters there now. The inventions that's coming out, the patents that's coming out there. Obviously, the military, you know, I could make a point for the top five, but everybody would say they're at least in the top 10 militarily. So, you know, that's kind of pointing out to the blessings of God. But nonetheless, uh, God says in Ezekiel, I will put a hook in your jaw and pull you out, uh, which means really pointing to Russia and, and the southern stand countries, as well as parts of uh, Ethiopia and Libya and northern Africa. So that is the next great war. Uh, but there are many, many things that are lining up geopolitically, economically, socially, religiously. Um, and, and again, a lot of these nations are Muslim, and they want access to the Temple Mount, um, uh, namely Turkey, uh, you know, they're, they're really pushing for jurisdiction there. It's now controlled by Jordan, Saudi Arabia because of Mecca and Medina. They want a hand in there. Uh, um, uh, and, and the southern stand countries, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, uh, Afghanistan, you know, all of those countries are Muslim uh, nations. So, you know, there, there is obviously the, everything is kind of set in motion for an attack on Israel. So it's time. Uh, signs of the end of the age. And, you know, we've talked about it. I mentioned about Jesus and, you know, talking about these signs are, are, are birth pains. But he also said, if, if you follow me on the lower left, the lesson of the fig tree. Israel is the fig tree. Uh, as soon as this branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know summer is near. So also when you see all these things, you know that he is near at the gates. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until these things take place. To the right, I show you Psalm 90.10. How long is a generation? The days of our life for 70 years or even, if because of strength, 80 years. So, you know, 70 to 80 years after Israel is becomes a nation, whether that means 1948, possibly, very possibly, could it be tied to the 67 freedom for uh, um, Jerusalem? Yeah, sure. I mean, we don't know the day or the hour, but we do know the season. So the season is drawing near, and I've said this before. You know, it could be five years, could be 10 years, but even if it's 100 years, that's not a long time away. So that's how close we're getting. Uh, I mentioned about the signs in the skies that we saw. That was Revelation 12. Just wanted to read this. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and her head a garland of 12 stars, then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain gave birth. Another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great and fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on its head. Its tail drew a third of the stars out of heaven and threw them to the earth. We know that stars refer to the angels. We know that there was a third of the angels were thrown out of heaven with, with Satan. And the dragon, who is Satan, stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. Her child was caught up to God in his throne, and the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that she should feed her here with 1,260 days. 
So I just wanted to point out that this was a sign in the heavens. You can look this up. Again, I'll do a, a little bit of a, a, a longer um, uh, deep dive on it shortly. But it's a fascinating look. And these, this exact sign happened in the heavens on September 23rd, 2017. So I, I just wanted to point that out. I personally do believe that that was a sign for us to pay attention. I'm just going to close with where are we now? So if you look to the left of this this chart that I have, it says uh, today's world ecclesia, which is the governing church uh, of Jesus. It's the global church. It's not broken down to denominations. Um, but that is a church that is praying and believing for the hand of God, for the miraculous to happen, to come down for a great move of the spirit, for signs and wonders. And I, I kind of point out here with a, a, a black and white sketch of the parting of the Red Sea because people have believed that the Lord is preparing a Red Sea type of moment where he will deliver his people miraculously, uh, which will usher in the, the, the great last uh, move of, of, of Holy Spirit. It'll be a, you know similar to some of the great awakenings that we've seen in the past. Uh, but I, w- I wanted to point that out, and because there's ridicule to some of these prophets that are speaking and proclaiming some of this, uh, but they're standing in faith like many, and, and God bless them because uh, you know this is something to believe for because we want all to come and, and receive the, the gospel message. But if you look to the right, where are we? Well, the War of Gog of Magog, what I just talked about, could be right around the corner, and I personally believe that will happen before the rapture of the church, it's not utterly conclusive. It could come after, uh, shortly thereafter. I've given my reasons in the past why I believe, you know, what I do based upon Scripture. Uh, but there you have, you know, the peace treaty that I believe will kind of set things in motion. That will be the precursor that will get to the treaty for the signing of in, in the third temple. Uh, and then Jesus says, but concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. Uh, so we don't know the day or the hour, but we certainly know the season. And Jesus said, when you see these signs coming, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. So we're seeing a lot of the signs. I'm just pointing these things out. But also, you know, I want to uh, 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 point out to Second Peter, because I really believe this is very important. Uh, in verse 3, chapter 3, he says, knowing this first that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old, the earth standing out of the water and in the water, by which the world that existed perished being flooded with water. So, you know, it's it's about the flood there, but it starts with there will be scoffers, there will be naysayers, there will be people who are saying, where is this Jesus, or you're a holy roller, or this or that. Um, that's to be expected. So if somebody is saying that to you, take it as a compliment. Uh, it goes to verse 7, it says, but the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. That day of judgment is coming. And so if people are going to scoff at you or make fun of you, or if you're listening and you don't know Jesus and you're not sure, ask him, you know, seek him, seek him. You know, if some of these things that I'm laying out for you register with you, because ultimately this is what is at stake. Your, you know, your life here on earth, but also your life in eternity. And for that matter, 
Uh, if you are not a believer, then, you know, too, I would say this could be impacting your family, your loved ones, your wife, your, your, your husband, your, your father, your mother, your son, your daughter, your granddaughter, your friends, your coworkers, etc. cetera. Uh, so there's so much at stake. There's so much to look into. So I, I, I hope that you do that. I, I believe that if we're looking at these through the lens of scripture, we can see the events of these past hundred years where I say prophecy intercepts the calendar of man. I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, so, you know, take it for what it's worth. And, and, and I hope you find some value in this. So as always, I'd just like to thank you for your time again. It's, I'm very, very appreciative. Um, if, if, if you can, please hit the like and subscribe button. It really helps us a lot like and subscribe button plus share the video share these things if, if if you think it's worthwhile if you think somebody will get something out of it questions comments suggestions always here rustic outlook at gmail.com my name is mark rustic you've been listening to the rustic outlook and remember as always just my opinion